This is God's servant Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, we are seated together in fellowship. We are here uh, representing a group of people that their lives were interrupted by the power of God. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Our lives were changed by the power of God. That's why you are here. Yes, and those of you watching us as well, um, you sit there and you're, you're watching the stream or you're watching these videos or you seek God because God interrupted your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The initiative was from God. Thank you, Jesus. So um, be set free. Um, you represent uh, evidence of God's intervention. You are a representation of God's intervention. Yes, he's a God who inter, uh, he comes, he disturbs things, he changes things. Praise the Lord. He changes lives. And he has a great purpose for you. The Lord is quickening uh, within us right from the prayer to remind you that God has a great purpose for your life. Praise the Lord. God has a great purpose for your life. You know, it, it, it's something that we can, in the swamp of this world and these uh, worldly cares and anxieties, we can tend to forget that you are here to serve the Lord. Amen. You are here to serve the Lord and accomplish the purpose of God in your life. Hallelujah. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. You are here to serve the purpose of God in your life. And that is success. Somebody say amen. That is success. To accomplish the purpose of God in your life. Yes. There's a way that seems right to man. The end of it is destruction. Yes. But a man whose house is built upon the rock of God's word. Of obedience to what God is doing in your life. That is success. Amen. That is success. So I speak to servants of God this evening. I speak to servants of God this evening. Hallelujah. Um, the Lord had put this scripture in my heart, so I'm going to read a few verses from Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Praise the Lord. Praise God. It's an incredible psalm. It's a psalm that it will do good for us to uh, remind ourselves again. Encounter this psalm many times. Yeah. Through the year, through the month, um, try and uh, um, memorize it entirely. Yes, I'm tempted to give those sorts of exercises, but um, uh, maybe not now. But uh, I encourage you to do it personally. Memorize and study. One must study these scriptures. Must study the scriptures. Um, so I'm going to read for you. Psalm 139 says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down 
and when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If we were to keep this um, firmly fixed in our understanding when we pray, our prayer would be, uh, you know, it, it would run on the fuel of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we pray, we, uh, we feel like we have to introduce the subject to God. No, God has to introduce the subject to you. Amen. I hope you're getting it. Many a times we, we fall into these things, these uh, ideas that we have. We think God is like us. He's not like us. He is God. Uh, when you take a subject to Him in prayer, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to pray. Amen. 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 Lord, you have searched me and known me. This is past tense. Lord, you have searched me and known me. It's done. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar. In Changanashiri, the Lord knew my thoughts. From afar, he knew my thoughts. It's, uh, it's incredible, isn't it? This is the God we, we serve. This is the God that you are in a relationship with. He knows you. He knows exactly what you're thinking right now. In uh, verse 3, it says, You scrutinize my path and my lying down. Praise the Lord. You scrutinize my path and my laying down. We're very familiar with the latter part of the scripture. You're intimately acquainted with all our ways. But this uh, verse has an initial section which says, You scrutinize me. You scrutinize my path. Uh, the word there means to winnow. To filter. You filter. You sit. I don't know how many of you have uh, had the experience of filtering something. Recently I, I, I had to filter, um, you know, and I'm in the process of filtering some coconut oil. And uh, it's not a one day process. It's uh, sometimes more than a single day. It takes two days, three days to get that, uh, uh, that filtering to, to have its complete... Uh, for, for it to be completed, that filtering process. And here it says, uh, God, you scrutinize. Well, that's some serious commitment. I mean, this commitment to, to getting pure coconut oil, for crying out loud, is like, a, is like a, almost a one and a half, two months commitment. If you don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, we can, we can uh, speak later. It's an it's entire process where... Uh, you know, the coconut had to come down from the tree, had to be, uh, go, go through a certain process of drying, had to be cut, chopped, and dried more. And it just keeps going. And, you, and it says, you scrutinize. God is committed. God is committed. God is committed. He, he is so committed to you that the scripture says he filters he filters you, scrutinizes your path, and you're lying down. He is intimately acquainted with all my, you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it. I love the construction. Understand the construction. Before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, behold, oh Lord, you know it. 
You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Oh, glory to God. May the Spirit of God make you realize that it is no small thing that you encountered Jesus. It is no small thing that you have encountered Jesus. Sometimes our understandings of uh, Scripture need to be refreshed, need to be, uh, yeah, you need to just put it and, and allow the Spirit of God to just uh, touch your perspective. I mean, if I were to speak to you about the first five books of the law, many people have enclosed it or sort of, all of you know the first five books of the law, or, or the, it's called the Torah or the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books. And people have enclosed it. If you say that the, the first five books, or you mention the Torah, the first thing that comes to our mind is the law. True? Generally speaking, that's the first thing that comes to our mind, the law. But what we need to understand is, it is a story of God's working with us. It is a story of God working with us. God creating ripples in history as he, as he enters, as he, as, he, as he starts the salvation story. And the law is under that. I hope you get this. The law is under that. Under what? The fact that God is initiating relationship. God is initiating a work, a story of salvation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why David, and you, you read the Psalms, and you read the Old Testament, you cannot, ex, you cannot escape the fact that these people of God realized that um, the Lord had entered their life. The law was given, the law was given in the story of God's relationship with us. Praise the Lord. <sighs> Which language was it given in? Which language was it given in? You know the answer. Yes, some of you are saying the answer. You know the answer. It's, a, it's an obvious answer. What language was it given in? It was given in the Hebrew language. And I heard a wonderful Bible teacher, uh, he, he spoke about this fact and he said, this is not cheap. It underlines the fact that it is not cheap. If you wanted to understand the law, you had to study the language. Not English. You had to understand the language. Hebrew. I'm talking about at that time. Today... One of the things that plague the church is we've become very um, lukewarm about this, what has happened with us. Jesus came into your life one day is a historic moment. You know, we've gotten so used to history class in school that uh, we only think the historical people are the ones that we study about in 
history lessons in, in school. You are the historic people. Yes, they form a part of human history. You form a par, for, part of divine history. Today I pray that you find it a little difficult to go to sleep. Not because you are afraid or any of those reasons, but you find it difficult to sleep because um, you are a superstar in the story of God. I remember once I was sharing in a church in Bangalore and um, one of the things, exercises that I, I tell people to do quite often is turn to each other and um, you know, repeat something that was said. <coughs> and uh, that, that church was not very familiar with this or probably was little, um, came to a place where it stigmatized a bit. Um, and he asked me, why do you do this? I said, so that it, it hits home. And I'm looking at the, the, the crowd or the precious people of God that are here this evening. I want you to turn to the person next to you. You're a superstar in the story of God. Yes. You know how we, uh, you know, we scramble over each other. Sometimes we, we, uh, we are so fascinated by the superstars of Hollywood or Bollywood or whatever is your fancy. Um, when you don't realize, my dear believer... You are superstars in God's story. Praise the Lord. You have enclosed me. Verse 5 says, You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too. It is too high. I cannot. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm looking at people. I'm looking at the church at the people that will rub shoulders with ones such as Moses and Elijah, you're rubbing shoulders with them. You are ones that are seated in the heavenly places with the Son of God. Uh, the <laughs> hmm? I, I, you must break free from the mirror in your house and, uh, and embrace the mirror that's God's word. Embrace the mirror, that's God's word. God has enclosed you behind and before, has laid his hand upon you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. This evening, I just want to share a short testimony about um, uh, someone that God brought into, into our lives. This person um, passed away today morning. And... Um, I examined the past 14 or 15 years that I've known her and um, you know, was, uh, she worked at our house and all I see is the grace of God. I am so impressed, so I'm impressed, flabbergasted, I'm amazed at the grace of God that brought her into our lives. And um, I, I remember many opportunities of ministry that 
that I found comfort when I left my family at home and I had to travel. I remember such comfort I took in knowing that this person was at home with, uh, you know, with my children, with, with Sharon. And um, uh, we received so much grace and strength from her because uh, she, she was a person that had compassion uh, and uh, had a strong love for truth. Praise God. I mean, she'd be worried about uh, the people in her neighborhood. If there's some extra food, she'd think about the widow down the street um, from her house. She would, um, if, if a dog or a cat appeared, she'd be concerned about them also. Um, she was worried about her people uh, in her family. She was a person burdened about these things. And a person who, want, who constantly was looking for how she can do something for somebody else. Praise the Lord. You know, and that reminded me of, of what we are studying and uh, how Jesus starts his, um, um, his ministry by saying, Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive. Praise the Lord. And uh, um, she, she was a person who showed mercy. Now, um, uh, she passed today morning um, around, uh, I don't know, maybe four months ago or so. Um, we had the opportunity to share the gospel with her. Praise God. And she received the gospel with tears in her eyes. She accepted Jesus into her life with tears in her eyes. She confessed her sins and accepted the Lord. Why don't you give the Lord a hand? Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. God is faithful. Uh, what can I say? Before a word was in my mouth, the Lord provided the servant of God. Yes, and um, I want you to know, I was uh, sharing with Sharon today, all around us are evidences of the presence of God in our life. All around us are the evidence of the great grace, love of God. It's all around us. Do not be people who are not aware. I want to encourage you, do not be people that are not aware. Um, we can get so... Wound up, today you heard about correction, the Holy Spirit's correcting you. We can be so filled with complaining and, and um, we can be so distracted by momentary light afflictions. But God has enclosed you behind and before. He has laid his hand upon you. I want you to know, you are, uh, you are a person that God is scrutinizing. He knows you're getting up, you're lying down. He provides for everything. Praise the Lord. He provides. He has surrounded you with His goodness. I don't know if there is someone here feeling some sort of bitterness or some sort of confusion about God's provision for you. I want to remind you this evening, the Lord is good and He does good. The Lord is good. Can you say it with me? The Lord is good and He does good. He's laid his hand upon you and he has surrounded you with his mercy. Praise the Lord. He has surrounded you with his mercy. He's a good God. He will accomplish his purpose in your life. Praise the Lord. If you, if you are where God wants you to be, it's the best place to be. Somebody say amen. I'd rather be where God wants me than any other place. I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be where God wants me to be. That's the best place to be. And uh, there is great comfort 
that the Lord wants to, to um, shed to his church this evening. Comfort and encouragement. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us read um, Matthew chapter 5 and I will read from verse 1. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of the few things that, that, uh, one of the things I should say that really we are are thankful to God that we did is to treasure this person while the person was here. We shall be together for eternity. But this passing is a, it's not easy. Yeah, many of you have experienced it in, in, it's not that easy. But one of the comforts you can take is that you recognize that person. Praise the Lord. You honored that person. You've been hearing about honoring. And um, I'm telling you, yes, I'm telling you, take the opportunity to honor your parents, honor people around you, honor your servants, honor faithful people. Uh, honor the people of God. Yes. Don't be lost in the digital world. Don't be lost in your own thoughts. Be controlled by God's thoughts. Be controlled by God's thoughts. Be thankful. Be actively involved in the lives of people around you. Somebody say amen. amen. Yes. Be actively involved. Matthew chapter 5. I read from verse 1. It says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sit down where the Lord sits down. Go where the Lord is going. Yeah. After he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirits. Let's do that again. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Glory. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward. Let me read, let's read verse 12 one more time. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Hallelujah. We are on verse 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called. Amen. Amen. Last week we considered peace. Shalom. And uh, of great encouragement was the last two weeks. Uh, whenever I've met many of you, you've, you've um, either um, greeted me with shalom um, and um, uh, ask me the questions I, I had encouraged you. Yes, uh, 
you know, uh, encouraged, I was encouraged that you asked me the, those questions that we, you, kind of rephrasing the, how are you doing? Or, uh, you know, and uh, are we experiencing the peace of God? Shalom, praise the Lord. Welfare, we considered that this word means welfare. It means completeness. It means health, praise the Lord. And we looked at different scriptures. Um, uh, it is a word that occurs many times. In the Old Testament, it occurs uh, 237 times and um, is connected to all sorts of things. And um, um, uh, something I want to pick out and uh, mention, um, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. One of the things about the word shalom is it's a harmonious state of the soul and mind. A harmonious state of the soul and mind. There's harmony between your soul, your mind, you're a person um, that, has, um, that enjoys that sort of peace. You're not a disturbed person. The only thing that disturbs you is sin. But otherwise, you are covered and filled with, you're covered and filled with peace. Your mind is at peace. So anytime your mind is not at peace, if it is not concerning some sinful condition you need to deal with, other than that, if, you, if your mind is at unrest about your future, there's a solution. If your mind is at unrest about your present, uh, it is not something you tolerate. This is the problem with us. We, we don't apply these things. Uh, do not um, flirt with or accommodate a troubled mind. You know, some of us have developed the habit that we don't feel safe unless we are troubled. I, there are, uh, you know, uh, some sort of uh, way in which we are brought up, I guess. Uh, if we are not troubled, we don't feel s safe. It's really confusing, isn't it? What a, what a contradictory condition. But many of us are like that. We, we think our safety is in over-analysis. We think our safety is over-analysis. Always analyzing. Every nuance, every, uh, and if you, any of you are in, a, are in a married relationship with a person like this, <laughs> all the best. It's, it's a, you know, every lifting of the eyebrow is analyzed. Every, why did you lift the eyebrow like that? Huh? Um, that is a difficult man. Uh, some of us find security in this over analysis. Some of us, you know, uh, I get concerned when people do BSc and MSc and PhD in psychology. It's like, you know, the moment they mention that, I start praying for them. It's like, uh, because, it's, trust me, BSc itself is over-analysis, <laughs> uh, psychology-wise. It's over-analysis because they haven't got a clue, frankly. Anyway, uh, so, um, you know, be frank this evening. Be honest to the Holy Spirit. Even those of you watching us, be honest to the Holy Spirit. What kind of person are you? What kind of a mind do you possess? What kind of a mind have you nurtured? Anytime you open the Gospels and you look at Jesus and what He has to teach, He's peering straight into your heart and mind. 
Of that there can be no doubt. He is engaging not with, um, not for your likes or for your um, sharing or your, uh, he's, engage, he's not engaging with you so that he has viewership. He's not engaging with you so that he can boast about the millions of followers that he has. He is, no, he wants to enter your heart and mind. Praise the Lord. He wants to enter your heart and mind. And this is something that is a daily exercise. That's why Jesus speaks to the church and says, I knock on the door of your heart. Eh? We use it all, a lot to minister to people that are unbelievers. Yes, we can. But uh, you do realize that it is speaking to the church. So I don't know right now what kind of a condition your mind and heart are. Is Jesus in there? Or is he standing outside the door and definitely he's knocking this evening. The word shalom is a harmonious state of soul and mind, of your heart, a place where uh, peace with God is experienced. We read Psalm 139 and realize God is interested in your thoughts from afar. You know, I have to remind myself every time I sit for a message, or, uh, uh, you know, because that's the classic uh, uh, place in, in church service uh, where we are, we just need to maintain a certain rigid um, body language and your mind can go anywhere it wants. There's a great encouragement to the, man, to the man of God if your body moves a bit. This is why men of God uh, or people who are sharing from the pulpit uh, many a time resort to jokes because you know some sign of life you know <laughs> even from the young ones you know to get a smile on their face to are you awake are you um, what's going on because um, to some degree yes it's nice but god is interested in your thoughts um, if you pretend to pay attention you're not getting anything you got to allow him into your heart and mind. Yes. And um, I have learned that it is good to express yourself when God is shaking the house. Because if you can't express when God is shaking the house, you're going to have a tough time in every other relationship. I've realized that allowing this relationship to be true makes every other relationship exciting. Praise the Lord. It enables you to smile easy. In fact, people will find you smiling when there is nothing going on. And uh, that's because you have an uh, open and exciting and intimate relationship with God. If you get too caught up with your own thoughts, you become morose. Because he's the lifter of our head. Glory and the lifter of my head. That's right. He is the glory and lifter of... The more time you spend, the, your face gets brighter. Your heart gets merrier. But if it's... Uh, it's uh, yes, they're radiant. That's right. So um, I want you to know, if you find yourself... Uh, see, you've got to allow the Spirit of God to tell you 
you know, what's going on with you. You've got to allow the Spirit of God to say, what's going on with you? You've got to allow God to get into your secret place. You've got to allow God to into your heart and your mind, your soul. Uh, he's got to shake it up. Yeah, expose yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's going to change you. He's going to change you. Amen. It's, it's the year of purification. He's going to change you. He's going to change you. Uh, I want to testify that I see those changes in the church. Uh, you know, I've, I've known some of you for some years now. I want you to know I'm seeing the change. Praise the Lord. I'm seeing the change. It's exciting. The change is happening. Let, let it keep going with it. Don't go back to your own thoughts. Don't go back to your, yeah, your sculpture, your idol. Don't go, don't go back there. You just allow yourself to be exposed. Allow yourself to be, to be lifted up by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. 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 Shalom. A harmonious state of soul and mind. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One of the signs of people walking in this shalom is that others around you prosper. One of the signs of those walking in shalom, the kind of peace that God wants you to have, is you will start, you will start to see others prosper around you. When I say prosper, I hope you understand. Others around you are getting brighter. Praise the Lord. Praise God. The, that joy of the Lord, that peace of God is contagious. And uh, it also facilitates an environment for people to grow. You are growing and others are growing. Your faculties, your abilities, your, the skills and powers that God has given you is growing. Our hearts and minds are to be places where the peace of God reigns and the things of God grow. Let me repeat that. Our hearts and minds should be places where the peace of God reigns and the, thi- and the, and the things of God grow. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I mean, if that's what the state of our hearts and minds should be, what about our homes? The most skillful people on earth should be in the church. The most skillful people, the most inventive people should be found in the church. For there is shalom in the church. It is the optimum place for growing. Your children grow. When you walk into the house, there is not a, it's not a shadow of gloom that gets into the house. It is the glory of God that gets into the house. (sighs) Looking at all of you that are here, I don't think that this is the experience in your house Um, where gloom walks in. I remember a time in my house, um, 
that was what was prevailing over my house. It was darkness and gloom. And sad to say, I, I hear of homes in Christian circles. Sometimes you wonder, are these people saved? I will leave that to God. But what, what worries me is the possibility that um, your homes are dark and gloomy places. With unrest rather than peace. Maybe somebody who's listening to me at some point, you hear this Bible study. Um, if you are creating unrest, if your children are, are uh, terrified, uh, they are, uh, they are um, mortified, they are, they're, uh, their faculties are not developing under your care, you need to examine what's happening. We are hearing the wonderful teaching on husbands and wives. Uh, these uh, Sundays, I encourage you to, you know, if you, if you have not heard it, go there and, and listen. Go to the, uh, to the church website and, or the church YouTube channel. Listen to those teachings. Your, your wife must prosper under your care. People around her after a few years should, should exclaim, should, should make such exclamations. I didn't know she had such gifts. They shouldn't be saying, what a wonderful girl she was till she got married. Okay, there could be many reasons. But stay focused on what, I'm, what we are looking at. The peace of God. Let the peace of God be in your house. If the, huh? Yes, fruitful wine. Amen. In the middle of your house. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You should, uh, um, uh, a house where shalom exists, this peace that God is speaking about exists, um, uh, the children grow, their skills develop. Today, the temptation is there that we are more concerned about our career than the peace of God. It's a subject you, you know many people don't want to get into. What is more important, your career or the peace of God? I can't hear you. See, so silent. You're processing the the. Uh, what is more important, your career or the peace of God? What is more important, your salary or the peace of God? In fact, in. Uh, Psalm 4 and verse 8. Oh, I love this. In Psalm uh, 4 and verse 8 says, uh, I will both, Psalm 4 verse 8, I will both lay down in peace and sleep, for thou, O Lord, makest me dwell in, you make me dwell in safety. And the word in peace is, uh, uh, the, the um, Hebrew word is bishalom. This is amazing. Uh, Amazing, uh, interesting, isn't it? The, the transliteration for it is be shalom. Um, be shalom. B E S H A L O M. Be shalom.
Be shalom. Be shalom. And I give license to the parents that have children in this Bible study to tell your children, be shalom. <laughs> They're doing it right now itself. Some parents are taking the opportunity. Be shalom. You know, you can pray it over your child, your baby. Be shalom. In peace, in the peace of God. Amen. While we are on the subject of peace, <clears throat> Isaiah prophesied in, in Isaiah chapter 9, we know the scripture. Isaiah 9 and verse 6, he shall be called the prince. He shall be called the prince of. And uh, uh, verse 7 speaks about a government of peace. Yes, that rests on his shoulder. So I, I'm sure I don't want to go further in this study without dealing with political peace. Suddenly some that have have suddenly quickened your own Asianet channel. No, no, your own Bible study. Yes. <laughs> Political peace. And uh, how the church is to go about this is very, very important for us to settle. Uh, can we have a career in politics? I hear muted answers. Somebody said a bold can I hear the answer? Can you have a political career? I'll, I'll wait for everybody to answer here. Many of you are being safe. You're wondering, what's, what's the Bible teacher going to do after this? Can you have a political career? Yes, you can. Yes. Yes, you can. But a Christian politician should be the most grounded politician on the earth. The most sensible politician. Yes, a, a light in the darkness. And also a very sensible politician who says, the poor you will always have. Are you? It's not very popular, is it? A very grounded in the word politician. So political peace, you know, and, and there's so much confusion, there, you know, in Bible colleges, in seminaries, uh, at a certain period of time. Even now, there's so much debate about um, the political uh, sort of effect that uh, the church should have. And there's a lot of confusion about mixing the church and state. Let me tell you something. The his, history teaches us very clearly. Man has not found peace in institutional religion. Man has not found peace in institutional religion. Am I right? You better believe it. Yes, history has taught us very clearly. Scripture teaches us very clearly. Man has not found peace in institutional religion or in any heathen spirituality. Yoga will not do it. Or any heathen spirituality. Neither has man found peace in godlessness or atheistic secularism or democracy. Okay, that's a lot of words. You're probably churning it in your mind. I hope you are. It's important. Uh, nowadays, we blindly parrot things we hear. We, we, uh, we declare that democracy is the salvation of the world. I mean, it's almost, um, it's almost a cursed thing to say or a, or a, 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 a uh, statement to make which will have uh, serious ramifications from the government to say that democracy is, is fatally flawed. No, amen. 
See how it's troubling you, isn't it? You probably, you know, it's in some of your heads, you know, you think, man, we must preserve our democracy. By democracy, we shall be saved. None of which is scriptural. In fact, <clears throat> this can be very um, controversial, but we've just gotten worse. We went from theocracy. What does theocracy mean? The rule of God to monarchy. And uh, I remember I told you we were getting worse. Oh. We went from theocracy to monarchy to democracy. Some of you are like, man, this is... Atheistic, atheistic secularism or democracy will not achieve the righteousness of God. Democracy basically means, and uh, I think, you know, yeah. Democracy basically means majority is right. Let me, let me, yeah, let me burst your bubble, yeah. Democracy basically means majority is right. Eh? But if you're a minority, you don't stand a chance. That's what democracy is. Sometimes, you know, the way people trumpet democracy as the, the foundation of, uh, you know, something close to shalom or some, something close to heaven. No, it is far removed from heaven. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Wide. And many are they that walk through the path of democracy. It leads to destruction. It's going to make me a very unpopular Bible teacher, isn't it? The only thing that will bring us salvation and peace is Jesus Christ. It's the second coming. The only way there's going to be peace on this earth is the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way political peace will happen. There is no other way a holistic peace is going to happen. Somebody say amen. The green agenda is not going to do it. In fact, Jesus, um, yeah, in Jesus' style, <laughs> sometimes I think this is probably what he, will, he would say if he had an opportunity to speak at the UN. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a... <laughs> Revelation chapter 6 verse 4. Let me get you all politically aligned with heaven. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 4. And another, a red horse went out. To him who sat on the red horse, it was granted to him to take peace. Even if there was some peace. <laughs> yeah, political peace. It was granted to him, it was granted to him to take peace from the earth and that men should slay one another. Revelation. 
Yes, when they say peace, peace, great calamity comes upon them. This is where we are headed. If you've got your head full of the garbage this world is spewing out, peace here, peace there, and this this is the way, that is the way, get your head back in the Bible. If you find uh, listening to any of the political leaders more enriching than reading the Bible, you are seriously mistaken. You're seriously mistaken. Get your head out of those things. Uh, The peace they're talking about is not going to come to pass. Yes. There is only one prince of peace. His name is Jesus. Yes. And he uses the sword first. Hallelujah. And what about the church? We spoke about political, um, yeah, political peace. And uh, so what about the church? The church should be the place people come to find true peace. I, I think we, uh, we have, uh, you know, we think the, uh, yeah, that your voting is going to do it. We think that's your, uh, you know, I'm not against voting or any of those things. Sure, go ahead. Exercise um, these things. But if you're exercising those things, you're not praying for your leaders, uh, it's just not, it's just, uh, yeah, please. Yeah. I know people who are more, they boast more about how they've voted than that they have prayed for the leaders of their country. So uh, get it right. Um, the church is supposed to be the place where people experience the peace of God, the shalom of God. Let me, let me read Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 26. <clears throat> let me wake you up. Let the word of God wake you up. You are called to display the peace of God. You have the Holy Spirit so that there is peace in your house, peace in the church, peace in your neighborhood. When you have the power to do it, do you understand? Moreover, I will make a covenant of, this is the gospel we are talking about. This covenant that it's speaking about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Its name, its very name is covenant of Covenant of, now do not tolerate in the church, do not tolerate in your husband a lack of shalom. Or your wife, or your children, be a person that is engaged with this, that um, uh, me and my house shall serve God. Because God has made a covenant of peace. Everybody say covenant of peace. I say it again, covenant of peace. When you go, go to sleep, realize God has made a covenant of peace. I will sleep uh, because I'm covered by a covenant of peace. Yes, he, I, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. You know, this is why Acts, uh, the, the first few chapters, Acts chapter 3 and all, describe what the Holy Spirit did with the people. It describes what the Holy Spirit did with the church. There was peace in their midst. That is, that is our standard. That is the career that I am supposed to focus on first and foremost. The kingdom of God. 
it will it shall be an everlasting covenant with them and i will place them and multiply them i will set set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore we are temples of the holy spirit he is the spirit of peace in psalm 122 we know the scripture we understand it many a times to be jerusalem um you know and a political israel but this is speaking about the church it's about the people of god it says pray for the peace of jerusalem they shall prosper that love thee that they will prosper benediction after benediction in fact if we have time we may get there benediction after benediction do you know what benediction is what's a benediction can what's a benediction i mean you see it in the in the yeah you find it in the liturgy you find it in the order of service david you had it in your order of service i'm sure somewhere at the end so what is a benediction yeah it's a blessing closing blessing and a benediction after benediction speaks about peace and and i i want to yeah i i i believe i will read that as soon as i can it's found again and again in in the old testament peace shall be upon israel that is psalm 125 and verse 5 peace shall be upon israel do you want me to do the benedictions now or should i do it before we close i guess that means i have to decide okay so i think i will do it before we close um there is a fantastic passage in acts chapter 15 i want you to read it see the church is a you know wake up wake up church wake, wake up people of god you, you know uh, this is a bad you have to be a Uh, like super active you, you this is where you are you come to life um uh, let's read acts chapter 15 verses 30 to 35 and uh it says in verse 30 so when they were sent away they went down to antioch and have, having gathered the congregation there they delivered the letter i purposely chosen to read it in this vague manner without reading the rest of the context because i was i was eagerly wanting to ask you what's the context Acts chapter 15. If you hear Acts chapter 15, this context should pop in your head immediately. This is where the church met. Some consider the first council or of the church. Some people call it the first council of the church in deciding what customs the yeah the Gentile believers what kind of well, how do they carry about um, with the faith this new faith that they are finding. how do they go about it is talking about cooking in blood and all those things are in 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 uh, in the context so once this decisions were made the letter was drafted uh, when they were sent away they went down to antioch having gathered the congregation together they delivered the so uh, you know if you want to look at it it's like uh, they gathered together and they did bible study they gathered together and they did bible study if you want to look at it in another way 
successo. They delivered the letter. <coughs> and when they had read it, and when they had read it, what's the immediate effect? Praise the Lord. What should be the effect at the end of a, um, a time of studying God's word? Yes. You should be brighter than when you came in. You should have a song in your heart. Uh, uh, many people have written great songs uh, because of Bible study. You musicians have no... Um, yeah, you've got to realize that uh, you should be... Songs should be coming out of the tips of your, you know, your hands and uh, bubbling in your heart as you do Bible study. If it isn't, you're not paying attention the way you should. To the Holy Spirit. They rejoiced greatly. When they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Verse 32 says, Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a... Eh, excuse me, with a... I never read that. Isn't that what many people... I don't know scripturally. Lengthy message. I mean, the only one we know, and many a times people have quoted to me, the only time is when Paul spoke. But uh, you have other mentions uh, of a lengthy message. Praise God. Praise God. See, unlike uh, some of the experiences today, they were not getting more um, dull because of the message. They were getting more brighter by the message. They didn't want them to stop. <clears throat> they were encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. Today, people can wax eloquent about short messages. You should also be able to wax eloquent about lengthy messages. No amen? Because it's found in scripture. Okay, strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. And after they had spent money, it's amazing, isn't it? After they had spent money, oh, today we are finding out how we can reduce as much as possible time spent together studying God's word. How can we reduce the time? You tell me, is there something amiss? Because when we read scripture, after they had spent Huh? They spent? They spent? Oh, so time is something you can spend. Yeah, you're, you're, all of you are spending time. And whatever you're spending time on, you're reaping the rewards. And after they had spent time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had sent them out. So what is the result of Bible study? Oh, somebody say, what's the result of Bible study? I can't hear you. What's the result of Bible study? Peace. Peace. Why don't you have peace? You haven't spent time with God. You haven't spent time with God. Today, 
you know we uh, we as a family received a news a sad news a disturbing a shocking news um uh, but we did we did what is right we spent time with god there was peace praise the lord there was peace a peace that passes understanding a peace that suddenly shows us the perspective of heaven a peace that showed me a vision that one day i will stand and worship the king of kings with with this sweet lady that ministered to me for 14 years that we both will worship god together the king of kings a christian must find peace about every subject in heaven under heaven and underneath the earth every subject you can think of you must find peace shalom counsel from god any and every subject that that is come your way i'm not saying that you have to yeah <laughs> that will be for very few people but what god expects is that every subject everything that comes your way you must receive the counsel of god to be at peace romans chapter 8 verse 6 romans chapter 8 and verse 6 for the mind set on the flesh you're there romans chapter 8 verse 6 for the mind set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is oh glory life and peace praise the lord you need to have a peace about your studies the peace of god dammy this age you should have a peace of god concerning your studies that you have met god concerning your studies gabby that you have met god concerning your education you've met god concerning it in fact i pray this is a church where the children have a revelation about their future praise the lord for the mindset on the flesh is death but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace glory to god So if there's uh, you know if death is looming over your mind depression is your is the portion that you're eating from um uh, on a daily basis then your mind is set on the flesh your mind is set on the flesh If there is no peace and harmony in your house your mind is set on the flesh If there's no uh, love and peace and joy in your relationship with your spouse your mind is set on the flesh for the mind set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace philippians chapter 4 verse 9 oh praise the lord you know we need to be learning from each other you mean we need to be learning from each other not learning from the world not learning from um some other source some other well we need to be learning from the well of the holy spirit people of god around us we need to be learning from the saints of old we need to be learning from the scriptures uh, philippians chapter 4 verse 9 the things you have learned and received hmm 
The things you have learned and received, heard and seen. Isn't that amazing? What should your relationship with your mentors be? This is the kind of relationship. You need to learn from them. You need to receive from them. You need to hear them. You need to... The things you have learned, received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Today, do we share such encouragement? Do you hear anybody in church sharing to somebody else, uh, an old... Uh, a person who is uh, in there, uh, who have walked with the Lord, say, seven to eight years or ten years, speaking to those that are just born again or encouraging the, the, the ones who are young in church that um, uh, if you do as I do, you will have the peace of God. Today, the one who is speaking doesn't have the peace of God. The one who is speaking is more well-versed in, in worldly things than the word of God. So don't be surprised if it's becoming very empty, if church is becoming a very empty place. Uh, a place where, um, so-called church I should say. <sighs> the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the... God of peace you know by the time we are we are through with this I, I want you to know every single thing that Jesus did in the Beatitudes is to be a sign is to be a, a um, uh, your character every single one of those should be your character and the God of peace will be will be with you. There are principles to practice. Principles to be gleaned from God's word. Principles to be had by listening to those who are wiser and older in the faith. Someone say amen. You know, there, there was a culture in the church which, bared, which bore, you know, amazing uh, fruit. Which was um, one of the things that um, people who got saved and in the church, they were hungry to study the lives of the saints. Today, I don't know, we are, I don't know if, it's the, uh, if we've been spoiled by the uh, constraints of Instagram and, and uh, uh, YouTube shorts and, and um, uh, such things where things have to be only three minutes or we can't take it. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible means horrendous. Whew. It is destructive. Man, going through the feed of these these um, uh, crazy apps, um, you know, going through the, 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 their feed, it will spoil your brain. I tell you, take it in very um, uh, limited, measured, be very careful, uh, in fact, purposeful. Be, uh, in fact, I think it is, it is healthy to fast. To, to take time off of these things. You need to learn. Praise the Lord. You need to learn. You need to receive. 
You need to hear. You need to see. You need to be. You need to pay close attention. And the God of peace will be with you. In Acts chapter nine, verse thirty-one, it says, Acts chapter nine and verse thirty-one. <laughs> Praise God. And these things should uh, make you stop and, hui, okay. Is that how it's supposed to be? Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. So what is the experience of the church? Check this out. Not even abstract. It is enjoy peace. Built up. Going on in the fear of the Lord. What are the hallmarks of the church? If you want to decide and um, that these are what should be the hallmarks of the church, they enjoy peace. Being built up. Go, go, growing. Going on in the fear of the Lord. In the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. This evening the Holy Spirit is, is, um, is ministering comfort. Receive that comfort. Yes, get high on that comfort. I, I tell people, get high on that comfort. Be so confident in that comfort. If you're hearing the Spirit of God speak to your heart, let the confidence grow. Let the joy grow. Let it show. Amen. Uh, you, know, um, you know, your wife, your parents, your, your siblings, they should, they should hear that, that confidence that has been birthed in you when you have spent time with God. They should hear it. Praise the Lord. They should hear it. Joseph did it. And if you are to go by the story of Joseph, don't worry about the consequences. Let the confidence show when you hear from God. Amen. You know, some people hide it, hide it for the, you know, they have issues with timidity. No, he's not a spirit of timidity, but of love, joy, and self-control, of power. Amen. Amen. Let it show. Let the confidence of what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you, let it show. And let there be peace in the church. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians chapter, we know this amazing scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, um, 33, For God is not a God of confusion, yes, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints. Praise the Lord. Let me read the benedictions for you. A few benedictions. And I, I want to underline what God wants us to experience. Oh, it's amazing. Romans chapter 15 verse 33. Romans chapter 15 verse 33. The hallmark of, our, of us as Christians is peace. Because... He, he is, um, I mean, it can, be, it, can, it can be argued that one of his favorite names is the God of peace. You, we can argue that uh, because it's found in, in so many passages. Um, in Romans 15, it says, Now the God of, everybody say it with me. Now the, be with you all. And church said, Amen. in Romans 16, verse 20, we know this, um, the scripture is incredible. 
understand what you need to do. Yes. Praise the Lord. The God, Romans 16 verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath, under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with. You know, there's an intimate connection between grace and peace. Let it set you free. A very intimate uh, uh, relationship between grace and peace. Where grace is received, peace grows. It, it uh, frustrates the devil. Frustrates, that's why it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan's works. Because where there's grace, peace grows. If you understand grace, if you receive grace, peace will begin to grow. Praise the Lord. That's right. Let grace and peace be multiplied. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you receive grace today, then you must experience a greater measure of peace. Oh, it's an incredible passage. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. I'm going to read it slowly. I want you to read it in a fashion where you're meditating on the words that you're reading. Okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. You know, let, let, the Spirit of God says, let God sanctify you. Let the Lord sanctify, purify. There's such peace in purity. Praise God. Now the God of peace himself. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. I want you to know those times that you spend in the presence of God, genuine time spent in the presence of God, does you more good than all the checkups this world can offer. Oh, yeah, check what the scripture says as we read on. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Remove the pornography. Remove the, the stuff that displeases God. Uh, they will, the peace will arise in you. Yeah, the God of peace will have sway over you. He will crush the works of the devil. Um, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you. He will bring it to pass. Amen. Receive it. Receive it. <clears throat> and I think I'll stop with that one. I will read it one more time. This benediction in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-24. I shall read it one more time. And let it minister to your spirit. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Shall we read that one more time? Now may the God of peace. Even as I proclaim this, I, I feel things are happening in the spiritual realm. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul and body. There's healing in this place. As we read the scripture, there's healing. May your spirit, soul and body be preserved complete. 
without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful. Everybody shout faithful. faithful. Shout faithful. faithful. Faithful is he who calls you. And he also will bring it to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, this is Nisha Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.